the only thing keeping our system going the way it is right now is inertia. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Molly Glover, Nick Glover, and Tim Wick. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we have returning guest, the Reverend Matt Kesson, to talk with us about cryptozoology, stuff like Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster and the Yeti. Cool! We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I am your host, Molly Glover, joined as always by my co-hosts, Nick Glover. Hi! And Tim Wick. Hello! And today we have the very exciting, very mysterious, the animal known as Matt Kesson. Reverend Matt is here with us today. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing all right. I'm the least mysterious entity that ever existed. But uh, everybody knows everything about me. But uh, but yes, so good, to, so good to be here. Thank you for thank you for having me as always. Thank you for coming back. This is very exciting. Uh, we are always thrilled to have you on as our uh, favorite. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you self do you self describe as as a cryptozoologist? Well, that actually enters into. I mean, you have you have recurring re- returning people answer uh, yeah. or ask five questions, and that actually. Oh. And I want to do one of my questions at, at the beginning whenever oh, that's that's a. Amazing. Oh, ooh, yeah, we're already yeah. getting weird. Yeah, we're yeah. already getting weird. Yeah. Um, I love it. And uh, should I just go ahead and do that, or do you have more interest? Let's do it. Hit us. Okay. Question one. Okay, question one, and we'll do the other four at the end is fine. Like <laughs> usual. I don't want to mess it up too much. But uh, <laughs> question number one, and this sounds, this is going to sound like I'm, I don't know, like I'm baiting you or something or quizzing <laughs> you, and that's not the intention. This is an honest question, and I want right. to hear what your answer is, regardless of what it is, and it's not right, it's, it's not right or wrong. Okay. What does the word cryptozoology mean? Mm. So if I would define it as uh, the study of animals that are not in our current taxonomy. Therefore, they are, they are, whether they exist or not is that's up for debate, I guess, but they are, I would say animals that are not, not within our, uh, our, our taxonomy of the kingdom. Yeah. I feel like for me, there's like a, like a, a more technical definition than, than a more practical ap- uh, definition. The practical definition being like, oh, it's like the study of, you know, Bigfoots and the Loch Ness Monster and the Jersey Devil and that sort of thing. But I think a more technical definition is just dis- the, the discovery of unknown or like, you know, crypto, like unknown secret hmm. animals. Hmm. Tim, what about you? Well, I like to go to the root of the word, so uh, zoology is pretty obvious. Uh, crypto, clearly, uh, when one thinks about crypto, one also thinks about cryptocurrency. So for me, uh, the definition of cryptozoology is um, investments made by uh, creatures <laughs> such as Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. So, Excellent. You know, Excellent. Bigfoot very, very savings good. and loan, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, buying exactly. GameStop and they're holding the line. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. Well, you're all wrong. No, I'm kidding. Dang it. Uh, yeah, it was a bait after all. No, 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 those are, and that's that's all that's all excellent. Although the actually, immediate gotcha questions. No, yeah, no, no, no. That's I, that's that, that's an that's an excellent uh, definition. Um, and uh, yeah, these are all excellent definitions, e- even the joke one. Um, although speaking to the joke one, um, the reason that it's called cryptozoology is that what is that the the most at least it's my understanding is that the most direct or at least the most relevant. Uh, translation of of cryptos of the greek cryptos is hidden 
Um, ah. And that's what it's meant to, that's what it's meant to, uh, that, that, that's its usage in the term cryptozoology, the study of hidden, of hidden animals. Hidden uh, animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the, that's the idea there, which does, you know, which does speak to what, uh, to what you were saying, Molly. It's a animals, the, the, the idea of animals that, that are not, as you said, in our current taxonomy, but studying them nevertheless. Um, and yeah, and that actually does cut to the heart of it pretty well. The, the main thing that I would add is, uh, and that isn't always added, is, uh, is the study of animals that aren't in our taxonomy, but there is some feeling that there is reason that they might be at some point. You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Um, you know, sightings and uh, footprints and all that, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, oftentimes... And this is not how I personally use the word, but I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the arbiter, arbiter of this. I keep applying, but they keep rejecting it. Uh, <laughs> the uh, oftentimes uh, stuff like griffins and dragons and unicorns um, is is put into the large. I'm doing a lot of gesturing, everybody. Um, so I hope you're really enjoying it on this podcast. The uh, <laughs> the um, I, so griffins and dragons and unicorns are often yeah. included in cryptozoology, in spite of the fact that nobody with any, with any sense, you know, thinks that we're going to be discovering them anytime in the foreseeable future. So there However, are so there aren't like unicorn forums the way there are Bigfoot forums, for example. There aren't people who go out hunting griffins the same way as there are people who are looking actively for the Loch Ness monster. Well, that's where it gets a little tricky. Oh, okay. uh, there, there, uh, there aren't. I don't know of anyone. There's like one Griffin sighting, although it's dog-headed in the cryptozo in the oh, modern okay. cryptozoological literature. I mean, it's all. One thing is that there's a certain level of modernity. You want you want a creature that someone's seen in the last two hundred years at yeah. least, you know. Um, and then another thing is, well, there's kind of two factions in cryptozoology, and uh, one of them, like. The, there was there was an organization I was a member of that is now defunct called the International Society of Cryptozoology. That uh, let me see if I can. No, it's a podcast. I was going to find a visual aid <laughs> um, um, that published a scholarly journal of of the you know of the full scale scientific scholarly journal sort called Cryptozoology from the early eighties to the early nineties, and then went out of business. Uh, and they they published a scholarly journal for, full of full of analytics and charts and all that sort of thing. And they kind of went out of business. And there's an organization I don't know where they're at right now, but for a while there was an organization called the British Columbia Scientific Cryptozoology Society. Mm -hmm. And the thing that they did that that you may have noticed was threw in the word scientific, scientific mm -hmm. cryptozoology, because there's because the, and that's the factions that I'm talking about. You have kind of an old school sort of cryptozoology where uh and by old school i mean like 50s and onwards mm -hmm. where they're trying to define all of these creatures in terms in zoological terms that's why right. they that's why they gave themselves an ology name you know yeah. um so so bigfoot and yeti are large hominids um the Loch Ness Monster is a plesiosaur, which it isn't, but that's a whole different thing. But, right. uh, <laughs> but um, and so on and so forth. Sure. Whereas also, and I'm not, I have more sympathy for the science. I mean, you were about to ask me if I'm a cryptozoologist. And, uh, <laughs> and I don't consider myself one because I've never really done any cryptozoology. I've been to a lot of the monster lakes and I've sat looking at them with binoculars for long periods of time. And... Uh, and uh, you know, and and a little bit of stuff like that, but I but I haven't 
compiled any research and I haven't done any field studies and I haven't done anything like that. So I'm a cryptozoology enthusiast and I'm also a cryptozoology enthusiast who doesn't believe in any of it um, sure. <laughs> because uh, except for the Loch Ness Monster. But again, that's a whole big story into itself. There's a thing about eels and the Loch Ness. We can maybe get into that. We'll, we'll figure it out. But let's, oh, we're we'll, getting into it. Okay. <laughs> we um, will. <laughs> but I, mean, I, I love the idea of cryptozoology. I love the idea of these creatures, but none of the, but I mean, on the simplest level, and we can go more complex, but the simplest level, everyone in the industrialized world for the last 10 years has been carrying a video camera in their pocket at yeah. all times, man. And this is this is bad news for all of the unexplained phenomena. This is bad news for cryptozoology and for UFOs and for and for ghosts as a physical thing and and so forth because the evidence has gotten no better. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so on a simply anecdotal level, but there's deeper things as well. Most cryptozoological animals uh, do not work ecologically. There's no room for them in their environment, if you see mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing for them to eat, nothing for them to do in the wintertime, that kind of thing. But anyway, I, I still haven't come to my point, which is that there are two factions in cryptozoology. You got yes. the one. The other faction, yes. The other faction is, there's, I, I have a whole, you know, I have, I have several shelves of cryptozoology books, and, and some of them are about the Jersey Devil or right. Mothman yes, or yes. that kind of thing. Urban and, legends. Yeah, and the thing about, and these are creatures that people have sightings of, and so, uh, and so they, they count as cryptozoology after a fashion, but the Jersey Devil typically has arms and legs and wings, and the Mothman has no head and, you know, and... <laughs> Flies, flies without <laughs> flapping. These these other creatures, while creatures rather than aliens or ghosts, as far as as far as their general perception is concerned, are creatures that nobody is reasonably proposing fit into. Could possibly fit into zoology as we understand it. Exactly, so, you can't you can't you can't classify Mothman as an insect because he right. is a Mothman, and you can't he, classify him as a hominid because he apparently has wings and flies. Well, so, there's all these things, yeah. right? And there's all these things that are just biophysically impossible about right. them. You know, a creature a creature Mothman size with with uh, with Mothman's wingspan is simply not flying in any in 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 any circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, just biophysically. Well, yes, and see, and now, but now, right. now we're into the aliens and ghosts territory, right? right. And this yeah. is and yeah. this is the problem. This is the factions. You have your scientific. Yeah. You have the British Columbia Scientific Cryptozoology Society, which wanted to put scientific in their name so that you understood that they weren't Mothman people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, guys, guys, we're taking this what we regard as seriously, and uh, and uh, that's fine. And, 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 and you know, I I I I love both factions very much i have you know i have tons of books by by both factions the i mean the 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 faction in which magic is a possibility is and i'm glad you're all sitting down i hope you're sitting down at home um the faction that regards magic as a possibility is less good at critical thinking oh uh, what yeah. weird no for real well, so, so that um, actually leads me to my, my question here so you say there's there's two factions and the first one british columbia society very scientific for example you know, yeah. yeah for example and the second one being more of the uh we believe in things like mothman jersey devil do they think those creatures are magical Oh yeah, or yeah, do, yeah. Oh, okay, to. okay. Yeah, so yeah. I guess you, uh, as a a bit of an outlier in this, that you don't really believe in any of this. You just very right. much enjoy the yeah. the reading about it, much like I very much enjoy reading about gods and mythology, but I don't believe right. in any of them. Uh, do you find that you are are you an outlier, or or are 
are these most of the people in these both of these factions is the one thing that unites them that they genuinely do believe most people most people are most people who are most people who own as many Bigfoot books as I do believe in Bigfoot. Um, yeah. <laughs> I am, I am, I am an outlier. Uh, one thing I will say. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, before yeah. you say that, just a quick question: How many Bigfoot books, on average, would somebody need to own before <laughs> you could reasonably conclude they believe in Bigfoot? I would say four. Four. That's okay. a, that, that's exactly the number I was thinking. <laughs> okay. That's actually exactly the number I was thinking. I okay. was like, uh, four sounds like a lot. <laughs> I, ap I apologize for the, for the interrupting. Please. Continue. That's all right. No, I own at least two dozen, but uh, which would so it. But, so you're an outlier uh, because of your lack of belief. I'm an outlier because of my lack of belief. Although I will say one thing about my lack of belief, and this will be this will be a strange thing to say on this particular podcast, but um, but. One thing, because I, you know, I have this show called Reverend Max Monster Science where I talk about monsters, and everybody, mm -hmm. a lot of people, a lot of people do call me a cryptozoologist, even though I don't really think I'm, I'm, I merit the name. Um, I'm fine with that; it's lovely. But, um, <laughs> but one thing that has become a part of my life um, since doing this is that people come to me with their Bigfoot sightings, and they tell me about them at length and they are clear, you know, they're not like a bear standing on its hind legs or anything like that. They, they have clear sightings and, and they're, they're telling me privately, um, you know, there's no weird mo they're, they're telling me because they're trying to make sense of an exceptional, uh, situation, exceptional, mm -hmm. uh, experience. Event. Yeah, yeah. Experience. Yeah. That's, that's the perfect word. And, uh, and the thing about it is between, uh, Bigfoot's habitat, which is to say America, where there's, people um and the and the and the thing with the the thing with the the cell phones and there's a big old problem with bigfoot in wintertime and so forth yeah. there just isn't uh there just isn't it is biologically vanishingly unlikely there's there it is not a real good idea that bigfoot is real and you, can, is, you can round up and just say he's not real yeah, yeah <laughs> like it's right. such a small it's possibility to make it exactly right uh, yeah um and this is this is something that that I that I understand to be true. Nevertheless, uh, people rational people have come to me and told me about their experience experiences. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really here. I don't tell them they're full of shit, and I kind of don't think they are. They I come don't. to me. They come to me with them very genuinely and 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 very clearly. And so, how do I reconcile the idea that it's that it really just can't be biologically real with the number of people I've encountered mm -hmm. who have rationally and clearly seen one. And the answer is I don't, I don't yeah. have, I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> no, that um, makes perfect sense because it's exactly the kind of thing you experience with people who have, they have talked to God. Yeah. 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 God has spoken to them. They have, they have heard it or they have seen a miracle or they, and they have, they've seen it. You can't convince them otherwise. So why bother? Why, why would well, you take that away from them? Yeah, well, that's absolutely true. Although it's, I mean, one of the interesting things that's one of the interesting things about cryptozoology, as long as it has existed uh, under a name, is that again, these people they come and tell me they come and tell me about uh, ape that came out of the woods and and then went back into the woods. They don't. They don't. There's, there's, there's not a lot of. There's 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 not a lot of. 
profundity in it. There's mm. there, there's there's no meaning ascribed to it, which makes it very very different from the religious experience, as far Great. as I'm concerned. I, my it is my my own opinion, and I and it's super hard for me to find a book about this that makes any sense. Um, but it is my opinion that. It has something to do with what we would call visionary experience. It has something to do. It, it's it's something that mm-hmm. that is technically technically hallucinatory, but that I'm reluctant to entirely dismiss as meaningless hallucination. Um, a lot of cultures pay attention to visionary to visionary experience in a way that ours does not, and I think this might be that bleeding through somehow. Is it? Do you think there are people who are participating in this by saying that they've seen something like for example this is a a way i feel a lot of people that claim to have seen ufos are uh coming forth with their story because i mean it's not to make money it's not a Mm -hmm. a, like a religious miracle there's no that's like the profundity that you you mentioned Mm -hmm. but more of a i get to be special for a moment sure Like, like like i saw bigfoot that and and they tell someone and they tell a friend or it's a story they tell at the bar or something. Yeah. But but you know, beyond that, it doesn't really affect their life in any meaningful way, the trajectory of their life. It's just, you know, they're a little bit more special. They're pretty sure they saw a UFO that one time. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's certainly in there. I, I do find I mean it's it's just it's very tricky. Like I, I find the experiencers much more sympathetic than I do most of the people who then interview them and write about it. Um, sure. Because the because the experiencers, at least in my obviously anecdotal experience, tend to be genuine and not necessarily possessed of a framework. Like, like I said, in my own experience, they're, they're looking for help, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, whereas the people who then write the books and the articles ha- generally will, will, will overlay a uh will overlay an agenda of some sort the um and i think yeah people people do do it to be special uh, one thing that another thing and again none of these animals are real and i'm sorry but um <laughs> but but another thing even without my own anecdotal experience with the people who see them um another thing that strikes me that's always struck me about the people who see them who see these things is that yeah i think i mean i think you're right that there's some some desire to be special some repressed uh imaginative sort of Mm -hmm. sort of sort of thing but at the same time this is not going to the newspaper or the police Mm -hmm. and saying that you've seen a lake monster or a hairy wild man is is not a way to win friends and influence people man it is a way (laughs) it is a way to get mocked for Mm -hmm. the rest of your life yeah um and uh and you know and people are weird people do not behave in you know Anne Rand is wrong people do not behave in ways that are to their best interests right. very much of the time so that's so you know it's not it's the fact that people make these claims and uh and it's a bad idea to make these claims and they should know that doesn't mean that there aren't mm-hmm. ulterior motives or bad decision making or something well, like that but I still it still strikes me it still strikes me that it's a bad idea to yeah. be a public experiencer of this. And so that's I a feel thing. like this is similar to um, uh, like with, with people that experience like a haunting or that they, they think right. their house is haunted, right? right? They're not really hurting anyone with that. 
it's it's a silly belief people might think less of them or think that they are right. know, a little little like crazy or whatever but then there's the people that that prey on those people yes. the people yeah. who will you know right, you right, 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 right. To, to come to an exorcism or um uh talk a to a dead one at a mm-hmm. seance right yeah. that sort of thing where <laughs> there are people out there that are looking to take advantage of those yeah. experiencers who are fairly harmless on their own i will yeah, also point precisely. out I will also point out the four of us are enormous fucking geeks uh, and we travel in pretty much exclusively geek circles. And as a result, we're in our circles. Somebody's saying, I saw Bigfoot. I saw Mothman. I saw, you know, the Loch Ness Monster or whatever would might get them special attention as opposed to complete ridicule. Uh, whereas somebody mm. growing up in a rural area or even in a, in a in an urban area with, you know, for lack of a better term, more, you know, normals, mainstream, right? Mainstream, popular, popular yeah. people are going to be like, no, that's crazy. You know, so I feel oh. like maybe that sense of, oh, it makes them feel a little special is because in our circles it would, you know? And so that's, yeah, there's people definitely- are, People are more interested and more credulous. Yeah. yeah and there's true. also just that little bit of like, someone might say that, and be like, oh God, me too. Like I saw a ghost, you know. And so it's very, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's oh. it's not so taboo to talk about that. Yeah, stuff. people, and, people are. People, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tim. Well, I was going to say that I think uh, Nick to Nick's point about people who have seen these things. Hell, I remember when I was a kid, being 100 percent convinced I'd seen a UFO out my window. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh really? And, yeah. And as an adult, I'm like, no, I never fucking saw that. That's that. No, that that did. How happen. long were you sure? Oh God! I mean, years. Like I was years sure. and I, years. Like you could remember it clearly that it was yep, a UFO. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I looked out my window and I saw something flying out, and it was way before drones and shit. And it was like I was convinced I'd seen a UFO. I did not. I I, yeah. really, I know sure. I didn't. But I right. think that 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 it is very easy. And, and 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 it's like I can remember that experience of looking out the window and seeing something that I was convinced was a UFO. Sure. And now mm-hmm. being able to go back back and go, yeah, there's no there's no way I could have seen that. But I can't explain why I saw that. Right. And yep. I certainly had no belief at the time that that I was nuts or that I'd hallucinated it or anything like that. But now I'm absolutely positive that that's the case. Um, and I think that that there is a bit of that with people who say they've seen something like that. I don't think they're se- they they believe that they didn't see it. Um, I mean, I think they uh, I, I think they do believe they saw something, but I think it's entirely possible that they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, As somebody who hallucinated. Let me just tell you, uh, it's fucking real to you. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah, yeah. that you know, logically, there are not cats made out of shadow that keep running around your apartment. Right, you, right. Know, you know that's not right, right. But there it fucking is. I just saw it again. Like right. it's so it's it's a very, I, I do want to ask too, Matt. I, so I know you, you said, I love that you said, uh, none of these animals are real and I'm sorry, which I think <laughs> would make a great show title for you. But, People, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, talking, talking, of, uh, talking of, you know, the, 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 the nerd community being, Perhaps a little more into this, uh, you know, my my show, you know, my Reverend Mass Monster Science show is obviously, you know, obviously does well in the nerd community, and I yeah. routinely, I routinely meet people who are experiencing me for the first time and are so upset. That, oh, I no. that I don't believe in any of this. Oh my so, gosh! Um, well, so so that leads I me get, to my question here. Sorry, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. Go ahead. No, I got. You. Go uh, ahead. My question is: Do you uh, are you like Fox Mulder? Do you want to believe? Of course, I want to believe. See, that's but, how. I, yeah. Uh, but I like, but I like science, you know. Yes. I mean, science, science solves the problems rather than making stuff up and then 
being real insistent on it. And yeah. uh, and so, I mean, it would be all the more, I mean, it's all the more wonderful if it's actually real. You know? I feel and the same way about ghosts. And I wish ghosts were real. And that's the thing. And that's what, because the thing about cryptozoology is that um, if you read any cryptozoology book, except if you, or at least if you read any cryptozoology book on the science side of the whole thing, trying to make Bigfoot an ape and so on. Um, it's all about proof. It's all mm -hmm. about evidence. It's all about trying, and, and they don't have enough. And <laughs> there's, and there's, there's, there's a huge and they're amount of poorly interpreting the evidence that they have. Right. And yeah. there's very bad yeah. critical thinking, but nevertheless, it is, it's cryptozoology. There, it's, it's an it's, attempt. It's a more, and it's a more, I mean, there's a lot of, because of the, because of the priority of science in, in our culture, you know, you get creation science, you know, you get a lot of people trying to, trying to dress up faith as science, but a lot of cryptologists are trying of, of all the people who aren't scientists, but who want to be the scientific cryptologists are trying the hardest. They're mm -hmm. still wrong, but they're, <laughs> but they're, they really, and what's, and what's interesting and what you don't even get if you, if you just read cryptozoology, if you, if you just read hard, what we'll call hard cryptozoology books, um, what you, what you can kind of lose sight of is that most of the big cryptozoology creatures are ancient folkloric creatures crammed into a scientific paradigm. Bigfoot and Yeti are wild men, and every culture has wild men. Mm -hmm. uh, sea serpents and Loch Ness monsters are, well, sea serpents and dragons and water horses mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, and it's I, I, I think that part of the purpose of cryptozoology, I mean, not intentionally, but, you know, people make up monsters for a wide variety of reasons. You know, scaring children into behaving, personifying the dark side of the human soul, explanations for natural phenomena, all kinds of stuff like that. What I think cryptozoology is in the modern day is, and I think this is wrongheaded, but um, a lot of people feel that science has taken the wonder from the universe. And this is unbelievable, hateful bullshit because like science, nobody knew about, nobody knew anything about dinosaurs until there was science. You know yes. what I mean? Um, there's uh, in Saturn's rings, there's, I forget what it's called, but in between two of the rings, there's a rock that, uh, that orbits in between in, in, in a gap in the rings and it, and it, and it spins as it orbits and it creates this little wave form on the closest <laughs> ring. And I, and, and there are cool. photos and yeah, and there are photos of this infinite wave form inside of one of Saturn's rings. And you're telling me science doesn't bring wonder to the world, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, but nevertheless, this is a this is a popular idea, um, a popular idea that we know everything now, and we sure don't. But it's this, it's this, it's a popular thought. And cryptozoology, I feel, is an is an answer to this. Cryptozoology is a desire to infuse wonder back into the world, which I think is a personal problem. If the wife, if the world doesn't have wonder, that's on you. But yeah. uh, but that, but. <laughs> But it's, uh, you know, Bigfoot isn't explaining a natural phenomenon. It's not, right, sometimes right. it's stealing children, but that's rare and stupid. Yeah. And, uh, but it, the reason people see this on a cultural level, see these things on a cultural level is because they want, they want mystery mm -hmm. and they think they don't have it. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my, that's my thinking on the matter. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. I mean, I, my, my, my question about cryptozoology and you've read many books on Bigfoot. Okay. So, yes. um, the the whole the whole concept of it of a species of beings yeah. living in the woods somewhere would suggest they would leave 
not a little bit of evidence, but a lot of evidence. I mean, well, yeah. they have to poop somewhere, right? When yeah. when they yeah, die... You're so close-minded well, thinking about what things they, poop and what things they, don't. They have when to they exist die, in large enough to numbers leave. to perpetuate their species. Yeah, and, they, and when they die, they have to leave behind carcasses yeah. well these these are problems of the 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 counterpoint that they'll make and i'm not even really I, I i i mean there's simply a giant lack of evidence there's simply a giant you're right there's simply a giant huge lack of evidence some of this when you go for a walk in the woods even in the very deep woods you don't find carcasses man of of deer or wolves or anything like that the the, the, the wilderness the wilderness devours its own mm -hmm. very quickly um Poop is hard, a, a complete record of what all the poop of all the species looks like. It does not exist. Um, you know, I can they, say they, just within this own household, the poop of the same species doesn't always look the same. Right. So, so you can um, go into a national park and get a book that just shows you what the poop of the animals that live there looks no, like. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, I'm, 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 you're, you're, you're asking me for a perspective based on having written and read a lot of yeah. cryptozoology books. And that's, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm telling you. I'm also telling you that you're right, that there is not sufficient evidence, you know, one way or the other. But um, they can just, they can just claim that the forest is too deep and the forest is too thick yeah. and that you don't have access to yeah, where I they mean, go. You, they live in caves. They have little places. Like there's well, always never, something. Right. And they say that you never come up with, you never come up with, you, you walk in the woods and you don't find carcasses. You don't never find carcasses. <laughs> you know I mean? They, you know, there's, there's I'm just like I almost always if I if I'm walking off a a trail, it's not hard to walk, to find a dead animal. Right. That, so, that's, no, no, the, yeah. no, there 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 absolutely needs to be a ton more evidence in order to take this seriously. Yeah. It doesn't exist. So I uh, will I will say I think that you make a really great point, and and we need to move on to four questions at this point. But okay. I do love your point about how they this fill. What is the cultural need? Why does this happen? Right. What is the cultural need? What is the cultural need for Bigfoot, for Mothman, for the Jersey Devil? And I like what you're saying there because that's the, the same thing about ghosts. Like yeah. there is a cultural need yeah, to know whole... what that something is more. There's something more that there's something after we but, die that if you're murdered, it's not fair and your spirit will want vengeance and things like well, that. And sure. science, science is so professional that these are very accessible amateur yeah you know science in right quote, science right. Yes. yeah absolutely yeah 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 you can you can buy a whole bunch of equipment to feel like a very scientific and professional ghost hunter yep right you can buy yeah, a bunch yeah. of equipment it's that a, makes you feel like a very professional Bigfoot hunter. Yeah. That you are, you are, you have, you're measuring prints. You're, you got high power binoculars. You've got cameras. You know, you're yeah. out there. And I think that that is people want that wonder, and that that sense of wonder can come from science, from the sense of discovery and joy of evidentiary scientific That's so much attempts. Work. Yeah. Yeah. Years yeah. and years ago, I joined an amateur ghost hunting team that advertised yeah. advertised on uh, on Craigslist, and I joined them and had some meetings with them and one investigation with them, and I was the team skeptic and they were a good bunch of people and that they wanted a team skeptic yep. someone to keep the rest of them in Legitimacy. line but it did but it did mean it did mean that if that if we had gone full horror movie i absolutely would have been killed so uh so that's, that's too bad yeah that's, well, that was okay. great thank you so much for answering all of our questions and giving us such wonderful answers on what the, the different factions within this cryptozoology but 
I desperately need to know more questions from you, Matt Kessler. Okay, my pleasure. Yeah, I know we don't yes. have much time, but we'll-, we'll No, we we'll have all, all the time, time you need. need. Don't worry okay, about right. time. We okay. own the podcast. It's our show, and I will just, I, the Mothman can just fuck off for a minute. I want to know more questions. Okay, my first, okay, first first question. Uh, we've already kind of covered this a little bit, but uh, but do, you, do the three of you, and I've covered it for my own self, but do the three of you, um, do any of you know anyone who believes themselves to have experienced the cryptid? A Bigfoot or a... Uh, not a cryptid, no. My mother believes she had a, a poltergeist uh, okay, sure. in, her, in her home when she was a child that she uh, uh, invited through a Ouija board. Okay. But but uh, other than that, uh, no cryptids, no cryptid sightings. Not, that not I know to my of. knowledge, no. Okay, nothing on the Funic. Tim? I, um, I, I couldn't name a person, but since there is somebody in my sphere who believes in lizard people... Oh, oh yeah, 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 sure, yeah. I... I'm going to have to say, and and because I work at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival, oh, sure. and I know yeah. I know a lot of people who believe I in probably crystals, know somebody too, yeah. and who believe in auras, and who yeah. believe in all those other kind of things, I would have to say that while I cannot name you somebody, I could probably narrow down yeah. to a list of 10 yeah, people yeah. and be Jeez. right that at least one of them did. Yeah, she used yeah. them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, okay. Um, yep, fair enough. When I was a child, I went to a a, uh, a cryptid camp at the Science Museum mm. of Minnesota, where we oh, wow. studied the Loch Ness monster and we talked about uh, the chupacabra, which was very popular at the time. It was yes, 19, yes. 1988. Right. Chupacabra was very huge, and we <laughs> talked about uh, a did aliens build the pyramids? And uh, basically, yeah. the the Science Museum's take on everything was no, was and, it was, and down, it was yeah. very it was very good. I would for, hope so. Yeah. That's, yeah. My yeah. Thing, that's my favorite thing about science. Scientists looking at anything like that as they start with the whole is the Loch Ness not monster real? Let's let's treat it like it is and just systematically show you yeah, exactly how it, yeah. it can all be brought down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so from there, then I will move into. I have two question questions. Question three. Two, uh, yes, I have. I have two questions about two two similar questions. First one of these two similar questions is of the cryptids uh, that you know about. Which is there any that you find to be the most plausible? the most likely to Ooh. exist and why Loch Ness monster okay why <laughs> Loch Ness monster because i think that there is a possibility that that a lot of there are a lot of uh, aquatic creatures that are very long lived and that have been around for I mean, sharks have been around for millions of years, right? So there is there is a possibility that something is exceedingly long-lived and therefore it is the same creature uh, that just exists way down deep and that perhaps there are some sorts of, there's a cavern or something that it can get into that uh, it has, has its way of, of escaping modern scientific means of, of looking at it. That that to me, also, I just, I, this, I think it's the first cryptid I ever fell in love with. And so it's, hard, sure. to, it's hard to shake your first. Absolutely. <laughs> And we're talking plausible. I'll, I'll spoiler spoiler for four, for question four. Which one do you hope exists the most? Sure. But, but for That's, now, I got we're a different with, answer for that. For now, we're going <laughs> plausible. Yeah. That's the most plausible to me. You know, I feel like like a like a, a kraken or something like along the same lines as, as Molly. Mm -hmm. The sea is so mm -hmm. deep, and there's just so much volume left unexplored. Yeah. It seems like the most likely place we would find. Uh, some sort of mysterious and potentially horrifying life would be in the sea. 
Yeah, the giant, the giant squid, Archituthus, mm -hmm. uh, right. a well, well documented animal, was completely not well documented. At it was outside of the purvey of science until the nineteenth century. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, so that is that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Tim? I mean, I hate to copy somebody else's answer, but I mean, to me, it, it is, it is the Loch Ness monster in the sense that uh, Loch Ness is a fairly confined, fairly confined ecosystem. So, from an evolution perspective, from a from a uh, perspective of some kind of animal or family of animals having been locked off uh, and continuing to survive because they can survive in that ecological niche. Right. Um, makes enough sense that I would consider it plausible. Sure. Uh, Loch, Ness, Loch Ness is part of the Great Glen, which is a fault line that cuts across mm -hmm. northern, northern Scotland. So it's actually a giant fault line. So it is not necessarily all that old um, mm -hmm. is part of the problem with that. My own answer, though, is Loch Ness Monster as well, because there's a phenomenon. European eels uh, breed in the Caribbean, as do so many of us, and they uh, and uh, and they, they leave they, they, they leave Europe, swim across the Atlantic, breed in the Caribbean, and then go then go back home, and uh, like salmon in reverse, and uh, and every so often the chemical event that causes an eel to have eel puberty uh, does not fire in an individual eel. And, and and when it doesn't, it doesn't have the, the, the breeding instinct and it stays where it is. And so it mm. is, and so it is a solid, it is, it is a fact. They fish out 15 foot, 20 foot eels mm -hmm. out of rivers and such in, yeah. in, in Europe. They're called eunuch eels, though that's, you know, fairly male based, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, a succession of especially large eunuch eels covers Loch, Loch Ness extremely well, as far as I'm huh. concerned. So, we should uh, start calling them cuck eels. That would be more modern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, totally cuck oh eels. Boy. There's this whole, yeah, eel cells. I mean, I mean, sometimes the capital S Loch Ness monster skeptics will say there's no such thing as the Loch Ness monster. It's just a giant eel, to which I say, can Man, I... Can I see this giant eel? Show me the eels. That does not sound too bad, man. Yeah. All, all I'm hearing is the Loch Ness monster is a giant eel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, right, right. So that's, I don't that's see how that thing. negates her existence. <laughs> right. So question question four. Yes. Uh, which one did you wish? Which one would you wish existed? Mothman. Yeah. I think Mothman is hilarious. Mothman I think is hilarious. I think You're right it's about so that. funny. That and is like, absolutely a fact. I just think if there was somewhere that there's like there's just like a like a man, but he's got he's cursed with these giant fucking moth wings, and he has to hide them all the time under like a coat or something, and he's trying to live his normal life like he's he's scrounging through dumpsters or something so like he's, and every now and then he murders people because he can't help it because he's also filled with like moth rage like just this like. <laughs> I just, just, I think it'd be so funny that like, what happened? How, Off how range. is he real? Yeah. Some kind of like a stranger things, 11 experiment, right? Where like they grafted wings on this dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I, I specifically wish that a, uh, Harry and the Hendersons esque Bigfoot existed. Oh, a, big, mm. a friendly, the, a friendly the, smiling Bigfoot. Yeah. The, the gentle vegetarian or, or, pescatarian uh giant he's got a little family little got nuclear little, family got a little family got an expressive face yeah <laughs> I, I, I would love that loves, I mean, a, loves a good fart joke a little, <laughs> little bit of a little bit of culture and tool use but not so much as to get all this nonsense we've cursed ourselves with. <laughs> ah. tim what about you i guess uh i would i would i would love it if the yeti were real 
Um, because I feel like, you know, just this idea of this giant mammal tromping around on the top of mountains, uh, mm-hmm. it, it appeals to me in, in some strange way. This, 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 the, you know, there's, there's mountain goats and the Yeti just ah. up there in the Himalayas, um, climbing about at high altitudes. Um, <laughs> and it, it feels like, and, and the Yeti has, has snow cones. So yeah, we know this. Absolutely. We yeah. know this from from Monsters Incorporated. So and he hates a, roller coasters. A very, <laughs> he does. There's a very friendly Yeti up in the mountains who hates roller coasters and will give you a snow cone if you find him. So that's that's great. Excellent, excellent, yeah. excellent uh, answers throughout. Of course, uh, my own favorite. There's a, there's an Indonesian one called the Dua, which resembles a giant pterosaur that also glows in the dark, and that's just a bunch of bananas Ooh. weirdness, as far as I'm concerned. So, and also uh, so apparently I, can I'd harmonize exceptionally be... well. So that's that's yeah. pretty uh, quite ah. <laughs> so uh, so very good. Okay, final question, um, yes. and this actually relates to uh, to this is this is a little bit of a divergence, but uh, but. I gave two examples, those being dinosaurs and the rock and Saturn's, Saturn's rings, of science bringing wonder to the world rather than subtracting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would like to hear an example of that principle from each of the three of you. Mm. It's a little harder. Well, I, no, it's hard to narrow it down. Well, there you go. Um, yes, exactly. I, I, I do have an answer, though, which is go for uh, solar eclipse. Sure. I mean, the, the, the idea that... That the moon is passing between the Earth and the Sun and blotting out the Sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just, yeah. it's just amazing. Sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, and and knowing what it is, as opposed to when it just caused people the sun to freak is being out eaten by the know, serpents. The yeah, right, being, right. Yeah, but just no, it's just just the moon passing yeah. in front of the Sun, or alternatively, the Earth's shadow being cast. On the moon, yeah, because yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, fucking are... sun makes everything cast a shadow, including the fucking earth. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I think that, um, like, scientific space exploration in a, in a variety of ways is always something that is pretty amazing to me, and and you know, beautiful in that way. But I think specifically when I think about how there are two human made objects that are extrasolar now we at the voyager probes have completely left our solar system they're out there as far as i know every once in a while we still hear back from one of them which is an engineering feat uh to be sure but just just the fact that like there's evidence of us and our exploration all the way out of our solar system is, is pretty fucking cool that's fantastic yeah that's good stuff the blobfish. <laughs> so, have you, have you seen this fucking thing? Okay, so the blobfish exists at depths that are very, very deep. It is very, and when it's down where it lives, it is a regular looking fish. It has shape and form, and it's this very, uh, like, like good looking thing. But when you bring it up to the surface, what? it becomes just a massive flat jelly because it doesn't actually have any bones or anything. It's just like a massive jelly. It's, That's how it exists it's, down there. It survives by. By the pressure. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, like, it's just so cool to think that there are not only are there things down so deep that their shape is physically different than it could be when it's up on our surface. Yeah. Uh, that also we can go down there and get them <laughs> and bring yeah, them oh, up yeah, here yeah, yeah. and yeah. look at them. It's yeah. like I feel bad that blobfish died, but <laughs> like yeah, still, but... still, like 
very cool and all of the all of the translucent and and fluorescing and iridescent yeah. things that lived yeah, out the there deep sea stuff is great deep sea is so fucking cool and i yeah just i think the discovery of the marianas trench was one of the greatest yeah. things and the fact that we don't even know how deep it goes yeah. ah and so they, good yeah so much good stuff yeah oh what all about you matt answers. Well, I already said two. Um, I know, but do you have another one? Bring it. I mean, well, there's one just from today, which is now my favorite. My favorite. Pre I'm super into prehistoric animals in particular, and my favorite prehistoric animals are the pterosaurs, which is why I picked the dua as my favorite, my favorite cryptid. But just I, it just hit, it just hit the internet today, as far as I know. I don't know when the paper was published, but very, very recently, that uh, the first animal in all of prehistory to to have opposable thumbs. Uh, this has been this has been moved back. I mean, it was previously some some, oh, wow. some sort of mammal or something like that. But but the, the the first opposable thumbs have been moved back to 160 million years ago. Holy um, shit! On a pterosaur, on a All pterodactyl. Right. Yeah, Holy yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Cool. And that's that's amazing. That's they great. could do doorknobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. You thought you were safe behind the oh, door. Think about, frankly, think think about that stuff. Frankly, I think this gun. is like a great idea for a podcast. We need to do a whole podcast on the scientific beauty wonder. of scientists. Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah, you could go on and on. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Thank I'm, you. I'm thinking like five more things. I'm like, oh, shit, I could have mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Thank um, you so much, Reverend Matt Kesson. Uh, your show, uh, Reverend Matt's Monster Science, has been online. Ask uh, for my name, yeah. When's your next show? I'm next show is actually this Thursday, and I'm doing the uh, at 8 p.m. Central Time on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Reverend Matt, and I'm doing uh, the Monsters of Norse Mythology, Fen Fenrir and Jormungand, yeah. and all that, all that big weird stuff. And so people uh, can people can see your shows when you record them. I'm assuming. Yeah, they're also they're also uh, they're also on Twitch for a little while, and then the archive the archive is in my Patreon, which is Patreon. Fantastic. Uh, motto, yeah, mo Monster Science. Monster and, Science uh, at Patreon. Yes, exactly. Right. That's so if they awesome. To support you. Everyone should watch go to, yes. all of exactly. your conversations about about yeah. these uh, exactly. and, and fabulous I, I will monsters. tell you, yes. we we have seen Reverend Matt's Monster Science show, and it's amazing. So seriously, if you enjoyed well, this you so podcast, if you enjoyed our our uh, our very frenetic and excited talk about this, I trust, I promise <laughs> you, it's so much better with visual aids and and Matt's amazing <laughs> acerbic sense of humor. Uh, could not ask for a better uh, instructor on such things. So yeah, really, check it out. Presented Monster Science in the fashion of Reverend Matt. Yeah, in front it was amazing. Of Reverend Matt. So that was uh, that was nerve wracking to say the very least. And but, surreal uh, for me, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, so. All right, well, thank you. We've been Geeks Without God. If you want to follow us on Facebook or Twitter, you know where to find us, Geeks Without God. We are also on Patreon. People who support us at any level get to hear episodes early. We generally record them uh, twice at, in a row, and those go up pretty much right away. So a lot of people are hearing these a little sooner. Uh, also, we have video recordings of our beautiful faces that you can see if you are at $2 a month or higher. And if you subscribe at $5 a month or more, we'll get you a button and some stickers. And, uh, you know, we'll just do what we can to help you guys out. Website still coming along. Jeffrey's working hard. And we really appreciate you all. Uh, we're still doing shows from home via Zoom, but we are almost vaccinated. So we're hoping that ah. we're going to get to be recording in person sometime soon. Uh, we're looking forward to that. And we will be doing some Patreon exclusive episodes too coming up. So Thank you all very much. And as always, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. This is Bigfoot. I am real. This episode offends me. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't 
authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Need more geeks without God? Go to our website, read our blog posts, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. Social media. We're geeks. We're geeks. We're geeks without God. We're geeks. We're geeks. We're geeks without God. We're geeks. Geeks without God. But yeah, A bunch but of people like, died and they think they went to heaven, suckers. <laughs> <laughs>